Hi, my name is Serena. I am a mother to a toddler and currently pregnant. And hi, I'm Lisa, also known as the singing Amma. Amma means grandmother in Icelandic. I am a mama and an Amma. At the beginning of my first pregnancy, I felt like I was lacking my village, which is why we are here creating a village with you in hopes that you won't feel as isolated as I did. I also felt the lack of a village in my early parenting years way back when. And I come to our village with a background in early childhood education. I have been coaching parents along their parenting journeys and supporting them for over 35 years. I'm Alisa and I invite you to grab your latte or your tea and come sit around the proverbial fire with us each week when we come together to have a conversation where we'll be talking all things parenting, keeping it real, keeping it raw right here with you. All right. So getting close to Christmas here and all these winter holidays that people all over the world are celebrating. Um, we thought it might be a good time to talk about, you know, meltdowns and what to do and behavior that might be bouncing off the walls and what to do. And where I'd like to start is what's known now in um, the world of early childhood education, certainly, and um, child psychology, basically, is what we call connection before correction. Have you heard of that, Serena? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to talk about what you know about it? I don't know much as it's something I'm learning because I do try to correct. And then mm -hmm. while I'm correcting, I think about connecting. And I kind of, while I was being raised, I got that tough love. And so my dad always kind of said, you have to listen to me because I'm right. You're wrong. I'm the adult. You do what I say. And that mm -hmm. I catch myself when I'm telling my daughter, no, don't do that. She's only a year and a half. It's not really mm -hmm. processing the way mm -hmm. I think it's coming out of my mouth. Like <laughs> it's not getting through to her. And, mm -hmm. and so I try to get down to her level and try to explain to her, try to guide her into a different activity or something that's, if she's writing on the wall, I try to explain, no, baby, that's not good. And then right. well, I'll bring perfect. her the paper. I'll bring yeah, her yeah. Paper so this is said. perfect. That's a real life experience, right? Writing yeah. on the wall. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So one thing I love to encourage parents to do is this is going to, some of you are going to go, what? Say what? Avoid <laughs> using the word no with your child. <laughs> I learned Tough how one. to do this when I did a practicum in early childhood education in an under threes daycare. So everybody, hello. We had 14 two-year-olds in one space together and three yeah. adults. And that's where I actually learned because the three other women who were the supervisors of that childcare center, and I was the practicum student, they had this down and they were amazing. So I learned how to do it. So the example from my, from my life, and then we'll come to your drawing on the wall one. Mm -hmm. The example was children were throwing sand in the sandbox. 
And the first time I went to correct, I was like, oh, no, no, sand's not for throwing. No, you know, yeah. and, and then the second time I went, oh, sand. And I caught myself. Right. And then the third time I went, sand needs to stay really low down. So it doesn't get in our eyes. So this is a little bit of a tangent from the connection before correction piece. And when we, when there's a behavior happening that we don't want to happen or that can't happen, like drawing on the walls can't really happen because that's not going to go well with the landlord or with you needing to repaint your home Mm -hmm. or whatever. (laughs) Um, So, so, you know, try, trying to find a way to shift the behavior, but the using the word no, again, as we've spoken of in other episodes, and we will speak of again, um, can set up a child to, you know, headbutt against you. Mm-hmm. It's your, your word against mine, you know, um, and, and what happens when we correct the behavior, especially when we use the negative, no, don't throw sand. No, don't draw on the walls is it sets up, um, a feeling of, you know, I have power over you Mm -hmm. and that's not the way to build a respectful, mutually respectful relationship, which is our goal. We want our children to grow up and become adults who have and are mutually respective humans Mm -hmm. have relationships that are mutually respective. We don't want our children to be bullying their partners or being bullied by their partners, you know, anytime in life. And so we're laying that foundation now when she's a year and a half old. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and that's something that I need to understand. And now that you explained it to me, it, it makes better sense because when I hear don't say no, it's like setting your child up to be spoiled and to not understand. No, it's not because you, if you're taking authority and you're speaking down to your child, they're going to see that as a power move and they're going to want to do that in class and in school. And that's how they become the bullies. And they say, Oh, she thinks the boss, I'm going to be the boss when they see a kid being weak or something it becomes a power struggle Mm -hmm. you know whether or not they actually would become a bully or be bullied there are power struggles happening and it's not not saying no does not mean you're becoming a lenient parent who just lets the children run raw you know crazy all over you um it means that you find the positive twist of how to say something. I see that you really want to draw right now. Let's go get the paper. Where's mm-hmm. the paper? Do you want to draw on white paper? Do you want to draw on a color? What color of paper do you want to draw on? Do you want to draw with crayons or do you want to draw with felt pens? Or maybe you even want to get some paints out today. So again, here we are shifting um, shifting from a negative and spinning it into a really positive and, you know, use that tone of voice to shift it into a positive as well. And walls are not for drawing on. That's just giving information. 
Yes. No, don't draw on the walls. No, you can't do that. No, mm-hmm. no, no. That is going to like, how does that feel in your body when I say that compared to when I say walls are not for drawing on? Let's go find the paper together. Whole different sensation in the body that we feel when we get spoken to one way or another way. Yeah. So then back to the connection, connection piece. When a child is acting out, and this is more about when they're expressing anger, like though what we just talked about is just correcting a, a behavior that needs to stop right now, mm-hmm. but they're not having a meltdown about it. They're not resisting you about it. It's just like you see your child, they're about to draw on the wall and you're like, oh, let's go get some paper mm-hmm. and just swoop <laughs> in, you know, and The thing is, when we make it a bad thing, quote unquote bad, and when we swoop in to shift the energy in a fun way, then they're getting, um, they're getting a positive redirection from us rather than a whole bunch of energy focusing on the bad because children are just going to read the energy. So if they're getting a bunch of energy and if they only get the bad energy, they're just going to keep doing what gets that, that response. Whereas if they're getting some positive energy, you know, when you feel like drawing, come and talk to mama, come and tell me, I got to draw, you know, let's get the paper, let's get the paper. And, you know, if you've got a state, like if you, do you have a small child size table? Uh, when my daughter wants to, she likes to use the dots, you know, that dot paint, the mm-hmm. dot art. So mm-hmm. I put her in her high chair and she, she sits in her high chair. It's easy to wipe down and she gets yeah. into it and she starts painting her hands. <laughs> if you have room in your home, I recommend getting a child-sized table. There's lots of secondhand, nice solid wood ones. You don't want to get... Um, anything made with particle board because it's very toxic off gassing solid wood. You can paint it up and, you know, a couple of little chairs. Sometimes they come with two, sometimes four little kid sized chairs. And Oh my gosh, my child size table that we bought when my grandson was um, one, I think I got it for him for his first Christmas. It's lived in my house forever. And he just turned 15 and <laughs> And they sat at it until they were like seven, eight, like they're just kind of squatting in beside the little table and they (laughs) love it. And what I want to encourage you to get a table that your daughter can get into at the age of one and a half, you can put paper and crayons or dots or whatever it is that she likes to do on that table, paint it with a nice glossy paint that can wipe off easy. And then she can be doing it independently. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, it depends. I mean, some kids are actually going to want to go and scamper around and mess up the walls or the couch or whatever with felt pens or those dot things more than other kids. But if you give them the space to create independence around, I feel like drawing now and oh, look, there's crayons and paper at my table and I can go do that right now it might actually turn that behavior around so that it's something that doesn't occur as, you know, oops, there goes the walls again. 
<laughs> no, she loves those miniature tables. She loves anything that's miniature, like, like her. her size. Yeah, she totally. loves it. At, at the library, they have these the little chairs, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like Goldilocks chairs because they have like they're toddler size, but they have them for really tiny toddlers, mm-hmm. and the bigger kids, and yeah. She loves going to that table. If you haven't got your Christmas present yet this year, there you go. There's <laughs> that, a really is, good idea. I haven't even thought about a little table for her. And it's she, such a good idea. She's good with sitting down and doing it in a spot. And the problem comes when she goes to her grandmother's house. Right. Grandmother lets her do it all over the walls. <gasps> yeah. She okay. Says, there. Oh, it's okay. Like, yeah. No, that oh, there we not. have a problem. There we have a problem. Yeah, there we have a problem. We need to talk to grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Tell grandma to talk to me. <laughs> so back to the connection piece. Um, when a child is really upset about something, when they're having a meltdown, when they're angry at you because you wouldn't let them do that next thing or have that next treat or whatever. Can you give me an s- example, Serena? Because sometimes that helps people if they hear a real life example to actually work with um, where there's a real upset well my daughter she she loves candy right now and she knows where the halloween basket is and mm-hmm. she says candy 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 and i'm like we can't right now we have to eat dinner first uh-huh. and candy candy yeah okay perfect example so when we try to reason with our children it's not, it's not happening. Um, when they get candy in the brain or the next toy on the brain or the next movie on the brain and it's time for quits, reasoning with them is not going to help, especially if they are starting to get upset. Um, if a child goes into a full meltdown, what's actually happening when our brains, when we are upset in a big upset, our brains alter how they're functioning. So the frontal cortex of the brain shuts down when we're upset. And what that means is that now we are working with the more ancient part of our brain, which is actually the reptilian brain. And it's all about survival. So all they can see is the survival. And right now, candy is all that there is. And now I'm going to have a full-blown tantrum because I just need the candy because that's all there is in my world. And they actually can't see mm-hmm. past that because the, the, um, with a frontal cortex shut down, it's like tunnel vision. We cannot reason with someone who is really upset. Now we're going to do this quite often in our, in our sessions together, because how is it when your partner, your adult partner doesn't listen to you when you're having a meltdown and tries to dissuade you from it or brush it off or whatever, the meltdown just gets bigger and bigger, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, 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 this is true. Uh, yeah, very okay. true. Very okay. true. Okay. You're mad for no reason. What? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so we don't, and we don't want him or her to reason with us or try to reason us out of our upset. We just need, actually, what do you need when you're in that space? You're really upset. You go to your husband. 
What do you actually want? I just want acknowledgement and for you to understand why I'm upset. Okay. And what else do you need? Like if you don't have an adult brain thinking, I want you to understand me, what else do you actually need from him? Attention. Love. Yeah. Some soothing. Some soothing. You want to feel close. You're upset about something. You need that human being there beside you to let you know you're okay and you're going to be okay. And we'll get through this. You need connection. That's what we need when we're upset, right? So if we can connect with our children when they're in an upset, then the brain will calm down. And if you still feel like you need to talk to your child about what the meltdown was about, I caution you <laughs> about talking it through uh, too much. We're a very verbal society and we think we have to explain everything and reason everything through. And, you know, now that you've shifted your daughter away from the candy because you've connected with her and said, oh, honey, I'm just going to give you kisses and kisses and kisses and kisses. They're even better than candy. Yum. Kisses are so nice. And mummy snuggles. Oh, mummy snuggles are the best. And, you know, just really leaning into her and picking her up and swinging her around and having a dance with her, something like that, where you're actually physically connecting. Then the, the meltdown shifts and you get to move into feeling connected with her. And then if you bring it back up or if she brings it back up in an upset kind of a way, or if you bring it back up in a way that is like, okay, now about that candy, you know, you can't eat candy before dinner. Like, we're just mm -hmm. not going to do that. And you're trying to reason with her. I actually caution you because we learn through example and we learn through the people around us way more than we learn by being told what to do and what not to do. We learn by observing the world around us. Okay. My question is because sometimes when my daughter might act the way I do not want her to act or respond or, or throw a tantrum, my thought. And so my fine line kind of is when does it kind of seem like you're rewarding them or what they might take as a reward or maybe act out. And because they want those kisses instead of, you know, coming to you and saying they want those kisses and mm -hmm. acting out and just ignoring or just not, not acknowledging that behavior because it's not what you want and mm -hmm. it's not how it should be. Yeah. So there's some things that you can ignore for sure. And just say, you know, right now we're not going to talk about candy. Mommy's busy making dinner. Okay. That's one way. Of, yes. Yeah. I hear you. And I'm not going to have the conversation with you about candy right now because mm -hmm. you know about candy, mm -hmm. you know, we, you know what time of day that we eat candy, you know, and so then you can carry on with your job. Now, what was that other piece you just said in there? Ignoring it and not rewarding. Not rewarding is a really interesting piece. There's a saying that says, when our children seem the least lovable is actually when they need us the mm -hmm. most. They yeah. need the most love, right? So if she's having a meltdown, if your child is having a meltdown and they're flailing around and they're having a full-on tantrum, whatever it is, 
and and this can be teenagers too, people. This is not just oh, yeah. toddlers and preschoolers. <laughs> you got teenagers now. You're going to respond somewhat differently. You're not going to grab them and hug them if they don't want to be hugged, but you can still let them know that you love them and that you're there for them. What I'm going to say is, I get that pa- parents may be um, hesitant to feel like they're rewarding a meltdown behavior. But if you can get past that idea and get to the idea of the type of behavior that we don't want, you know, negative behaviors, aggressive behaviors, angry, you know, whatever kind of freak out the child is having comes from something inside that hasn't been expressed, some emotion. And a great um, quote from Dr. Hanganot, child psychologist that I've studied a lot of his work, says every feeling can be accepted. Some behaviors need to be redirected. So if a child has a bunch of feelings that are building up inside, and they burst out in a negative behavior, what actually needs to happen is the feelings that are in there need to be addressed. And that's where their need for love and attention comes in. And yeah, if you try anything that I suggest, and it seems to be going backwards or sideways, and you you know, just just get a hold of me, message me and go, Hey, I tried what you said and it didn't go well. (laughs) This is what happened. And then we can talk through it because there's just a little something that needs to shift or tweak a little bit to actually have it work. But I can really let you know that it's, it's, if a child knows that you're there for them and that you have a connection with them, you can be snuggling them. And once you're both calmed down, you can say, hey, when do we have candy at our house? When does that happen? It happens after dinner. Yeah, it happens after dinner or it happens after lunch or whenever it happens at your house, right? You can have a calm, gentle, really short (laughs) chat. Um, Kids know, and believe it or not, Children are designed, our, our offspring are designed to want to please us because by pleasing us, it leads to their assurance of survival. Now, this is all mammalian. We are mammals. It's the mammalian brain that knows that we need to be accepted and taken care of in order to survive. And that's where a lot of issues with acting out. I mean, when you see them getting older and even in movies, when you see adults, they they explain that that's, that's what they all really wanted is acknowledgement and approval of their parents, even as adults, they still want that. So I encourage you to actually, you know, when that meltdown is happening, come in with love and come in with connection and come in with, you know, um, if a child's, you know, yelling and screaming and having a fit, you can say, Hey, 
I hear you. And I'm just going to sit on the couch right now because I get that you don't want me to touch your body. And that's totally your call. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to sit right here on the couch. And as soon as you are ready, come on over and jump on my lap. Or I'm going to be in the kitchen making dinner. And as soon as you want to snuggle, you come on up and get me. Yes. You know? And so the, yeah, the connection piece. And I just, well, we agreed that this would be a great episode to have since the holidays are coming up and kids are off from school and we'll all be home together. And if you're not practicing things that Alma Lisa is teaching and if you've been saying no, I think this is a great time to try to put it in practice and see how it works and see if yeah. you can connect more over the holidays and bond more with your kids and mm-hmm. and make it more joyous than than mm-hmm. being trapped in the house altogether and totally it can be so joyful you guys honestly honest to goodness it really can and serena i really want to thank you and acknowledge you for saying hey but if i do this won't i be spoiling my child or won't i be rewarding the good behavior the you know the behavior that i don't want and bringing all those questions forward because that just helps us all to go into the conversation deeper Mm -hmm. and for all of you listening Number one, thank you so much for being here with us. And we're just, you were just shooting from the hip here. We're keeping it real, keeping it raw. And we're right here with you. And please write me or us your questions. If you go, no way am I going to try that because I'm scared this is going to happen. Like write to us, please. DM us, you know, however you can get a hold of us, please, please, please do. And we can, we can tackle your questions and your concerns live right here on We Are the Village Parenting Podcast. So happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for being here with us in our virtual village. We'd love you to join our Facebook group at The Village Parenting Community and on Instagram at the village parenting pod and if you enjoy our podcast please like subscribe and share also if you have a moment please leave us a review it makes a big difference for us in reaching more parents out there who may be feeling alone please direct message us to connect also we absolutely love hearing from you and until next week we'll be keeping it real and raw right here with you This podcast is sponsored by The Singing Alma's private parent coaching and workshop offerings and also by Enlightened Designs for Crafty Mamas.